I'm Sonia Rita, and this is Running on Optimism, the podcast for amateur runners or really anyone drawing inspiration from something or someone in their lives. This is a very special episode where I get to recap my first marathon. But more importantly, we have a very, very special guest for this episode. I am not going to spill the beans. You're just going to have to listen to the rest of the episode. As promised, I'm back with Marco to recap our New York City Marathon experience. We had an epic weekend, and yes, we both completed the marathon, and there's so much to kind of dig into and unwrap about that experience because it was my first marathon, and Marco was incredible in helping me make that happen. But first, I am super excited to introduce our very, very special guest, who the Friday before New York City Marathon completed the New York Roadrunners Run with Champions one mile race in Central Park. Here with us is our very own Izzy. Hi, happy to be here. (laughs) So the race Friday night was an amazing way to kick off Marathon Weekend. It set the tone for what was one of the most amazing, most inspiring weekends we've ever had even the expo before that was a lot of fun but yeah once once we went right from the expo over to uh Mm -hmm. to central park (laughs) a little bit of a hustle because of where we parked and then we had to get up to the start line which is about like 20 blocks away yeah we we... (laughs) are bad but uh, we parked by the finish line which is which is smart move on on my part picking out that (laughs) spot but getting to the starting line was a little bit of a uh, (laughs) interesting dilemma yeah because it was it was an end-to-end race and um so just a little bit on Izzy, she completed this race in her walker. Do you want to talk a little bit about how it felt um, starting the race? Because I remember you being a little nervous about it. Yes, I was very nervous. We um, we went to column D, which is the walker's column, and I was like the only one there. So I was like, I was like, eh, what if? What if they close it before I get there? What if I don't make it? What if I gotta take a break? Cause I really didn't want to take a break. Plus, I think I thought about all the hills, and you don't all you don't have to like you don't only have to lug your whole body weight up the hills. You also have to lug a walker up the hills. So it's like riding a bike. If you're walking up a hill, you gotta like pedal and you gotta push your bike up there. When you're walking, you just have to you get up there. Yeah, yeah, and um, and you were excited though to earn your first medal, right? Was that yeah. a motivator? Yeah, it was. It was, and honestly, I think mine was cooler. Oh, you think your your medal is cooler than the marathon medal? <laughs> yeah. Why is that? Because it had color in it. Yeah, you like the colors of it. What so before the race, like, did you have any idea what the race was gonna look like, what it was gonna feel like, or were you just excited for who was waiting at the finish line? I was. It was a bit different than what I expected, but I feel like it was better. And Daddy kind of lied to me. He said there was like one hill in the beginning, and then it was all downhill. There was like two more hills after that, but <laughs> but it was mostly downhill, which was kind of nice. Yeah. In my defense, I didn't really know the course very well. I just thought there was going to be one really big down, uh, uphill in the beginning, but I apologize. I think, I think though, you really hustled on those uphills. You did. Yeah. You did. 
I would have like a drink of water and then I'd be like, ah. <laughs> I'd like run up the hills. And there was a really sweet volunteer that, that was gotten, that after we passed her, I think she was only maybe a hundred yards in mm-hmm. uh, after we passed her uh, at the start of the race. She ended up walking the entire way. I think she was actually a physical therapist. She helped elderly people get back on their feet after, um, after some falls and things like that. That's what she does as a profession. Uh, is what she was telling me after the fact, but she she stuck with Isabel and and the entire rest of the mile that we were there, and she she was trying to coach her a little bit. Um, we took a few water breaks, and right after the water breaks, she pushed hard. Right after, I was super proud of her. It was unbelievable to watch her muscle through some of these these uphills, and even just the mile in general for her is is difficult. I mean, we've gone on long walks before, right? And when we do that, she usually averages around forty minutes for the mile, so. This one, I think she completed in just under 30. It was unbelievable. It was incredibly fast for her. Incredibly yeah, according fast. to my watch, it was 27 minutes yeah. and some seconds for your for a mile, which is amazing. Really fast. And um, the volunteer was saying all the other runners, they like ran, ran past you, but they didn't get all those cheers at the end. You walked and you were slow, but you got all that. And then... At the end, she gave me my medal. Jenny Simpson put the medal on, and I didn't even, like, remember anything out. It was like when I lost a first tooth. My first tooth, I thought it was, like, corn kernel. <laughs> I didn't even know it happened. Yeah, so when you got to the finish line, you were just, like, so excited and happy to be there that you didn't yeah. even realize it was the end? I've had, like, a bunch of experiences like that, like when I passed my swim test. Yeah. And stuff like that, it just feels like you're, like, so... You don't even know what happened. You're like, wait, am I dreaming? (laughs) Yeah, no, that's a super common thing. I can totally relate, and I think that a lot of the listeners can relate to that kind of experience for sure. Yeah, to grunt it out like the way you did and to to really push. It was was really, really cool to watch you go through that. And then at the end, it was awesome to see. And so who else was there other than uh, Jenny Simpson to give you your medal at the end there? Meb. That That's was right. pretty cool, yeah. It was pretty awesome to see him there at the finish line. That was awesome. And I also want want to tell everyone about how... So our plan going into this, mine and Marco's plan, was have some fun, join, join the crowd after, um, because the finish line of this event is the finish line of the New York Marathon. You're just coming at it from the opposite direction. And then directly after that was the opening ceremonies for the New York City Marathon. And our plan was, Iz would walk what she could walk. And she would, I had the stroller, so Marco Mm -hmm. kind of was with her coaching her, and I just had the stroller. And I offered several times uh, for her if she wanted to get in the stroller. And what did you say? Mm -mm. Every time, right? Yeah. She said she wanted to finish this one on her own. She wanted to earn that medal, right? Yeah. Once we got to about half mile, I, I just I told her to stop asking because yeah, I, I knew that she just wanted to finish. And at this point, you know, it's back up a little bit. We had heard that Meb was going to be at the end waiting for us to also take for for a quick photo op because he heard about Izzy's story, wanted to make sure that he was there to. To take a photo with her and give her and give her her medal because he is a huge supporter of Alex's Lemonade yep. Stand Foundation, yep. for whom that... we were running the New York City Marathon as well. Marco and I ran on a charity bid for Alex's Lemonade Stand Foundation. What were you going to say, sweetie? 
And by that time, it was like it was like useless to get in the stroller anyway. Because if I got in the stroller for like an ideal time, I would have passed the finish line in the stroller, and that's like, <laughs> I don't want to do that. Yep. That's a very good point. Absolutely. So we uh, we just stopped asking and got to the point where I knew that she wanted to, to gut out the, the entire race herself. And it, whether Meb was going to be at the finish line or not at this point, it was just a matter of just letting her finish on her own and, and letting her earn that and take pride in and knowing that she did it all on her own. So I'm glad she did, and I'm glad it worked out the way it did because it was unbelievable at the finish line. Like she said, there was, I mean, she, she was probably, she was the last kid to cross the finish line, but I bet you no other kid got more cheers today from all the volunteers along the path, as well as the, the people at the finish line. They were all rooting for her. It was unbelievable. I mean, the volunteers were just so kind, so sweet. Volunteers, security, police officers, everybody who put this event together um, she was the last one to cross that finish line by quite a bit. And um, little by little, everyone's shift would end as we passed them. That was the end of their shift. So they were going to walk to the finish line. It was almost like we started gathering like a whole like posse, like a group of people yeah, as we're heading toward the entourage. That was the word I was looking for. Entourage as we're heading to the finish line and everybody's cheering Izzy on and people just at the park who may not have even been there for the race or for anything saw her, this kiddo, in her walker. It's, it's a sight to see a little child putting that much into, into this race. It, it's, it might be an overused term, but it is absolutely inspiring. So tell me what, what it felt like as you're walking and you know that people are cheering for you, your smile was the cutest. You just had such a big smile. Well, first of all, about the smile, it felt like it went past the boundaries of my face. It hurt. <laughs> yeah, because you were so excited and so happy. Yeah. Oh, I was like, are we there yet? Are we there yet? Nope. Just going to keep walking. Are we there yet? <laughs> so how did it feel? Because um, it was very relatively quiet through the whole race. And then as we're approaching the finish line, you can start hearing the music from the whole big event at the finish line. What did that feel like? Did you notice the music getting louder and louder as we got closer? Well, honestly, no. I was just trying to meh, because yeah. by that time, my legs felt like jello. Mm -hmm. I, I was trying to just like focus, and then we got closer, and I was like, uh, is that, wait, what? What am I doing right now? Yeah. <laughs> and at the finish line, there were so many people taking your picture, right? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and Jenny and Meb autographed your bib, which is pretty cool. That was cool. It's pretty, pretty epic. And for us um, running the marathon just two days later, I was super nervous because, man, my training has been riddled with injury after injury. I was nervous. I was, honestly, I was most nervous about the hurt because marathons hurt. I mean, it doesn't feel good. It's not like, you know, a bunch of puppies licking your face. <laughs> <laughs> it's more like cats licking your legs. <laughs> yeah, with their spiky, with their spiky tongues. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that, that was the feeling going into the expo that morning. Um, I was just so nervous, uh, mildly irritable, and I apologize to both of you <laughs> for that. Well, so at least your race wasn't in, like, 
five hours. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was feeling, I was definitely feeling some type of way. And then I saw Iz grind it out. And, and when we say she grinded it out, she was grunting. You know, that, that type of grunt that you only make when you're, when you've got a hard effort going on. That's what my little eight year old was doing. <laughs> and I realized that she was showing the marathon spirit in the one mile race. And if she could finish and grunt it out, like, what the heck? <laughs> Obviously, I'm going to finish my marathon. And I thought of that often in those five and a half hours that we were out there yeah. for the marathon itself. Is there anything else that you want to share about your race? Well, I am super proud of me first and then my mom. I'm also proud of my dad for pacing that much because <laughs> my mom's probably slower than his average Yes, definitely. I think it was a really good experience for all of us from the expo to the to the end of the finish line at the race. It was just awesome, and I loved it. Yeah. Did you like spectating too? Did you like watching the race? At one point, me and my cousin, we we had to play because because we could not stay there we were just like yeah i'm gonna get away yeah that's five and a half hours it's a lot for you guys so yeah so i finished in well we finished marco purposely uh trailed behind by two seconds so i finished in five hours 30 minutes and 57 seconds and marco finished in five hours 30 minutes 59 seconds which I um, I mean, we're talking about it, and I'm getting all choked up because I finished my first marathon. <laughs> You're a marathoner. I'm a marathoner. Oh, my God. And I just, what an incredible weekend. I mean, there's so many things to touch on. The crowd. Marco ran New York City in 2019. Was that what the crowd was like? Uh, it was. I mean, from what I remember it, and here's the thing, like this this time I had the opportunity to really take it in as we were running and that was, I think that's what made the difference. I mean, I remember the crowds being incredible and even that race, I told you when I ran it, I ran it to, to try to enjoy the race and I think I, I did a decent job when I ran it in 2019. Um, it was my personal best, but, and then we re- recapped it I think earlier, I think in our first episode I talked a little bit yeah. about that race that uh, I tried to enjoy it along the way and, and take in some of the spectators. But this one was unbelievable. I think everyone was so excited to be able to be back um, spectating these races. And not only that, but in, back in New York City where where people really, really, really love this event, love Marathon Sunday, make it an entire ordeal. Oh, I mean, from the spectators so nice. and volunteers to the runners. It's millions of people out there. I mean, there's thousands of runners, tens of thousands of runners, but Although there's... Although 20,000 less this time, right? Yeah, than, yeah it was less runners, so it made it a little bit easier, I guess, to get to the starting line, and, and, and um, they spread it out for COVID protocols, but for the most part, I, like, the experience itself felt very, very similar from that standpoint, but the crowds were unbelievable. So that morning, we're up early to jump on the subway to get over to the uh, to the ferry out to Staten Island, and I feel like I was so in my head. So trying to get into a celebratory mood, but it just wasn't coming to me. I think I actually started crying on the <laughs> on the ferry. Right? You were you were upset. I think you were. Um... 
you were expecting to feel a certain way and I think you were nervous about how the day was going to progress and and it was understandable I, I get why you felt that way you you obviously didn't have the training cycle that you were hoping to to have going into this thing there's a lot of uncertainty on your part whether or not you'd be able to to complete it in a manner that you wanted to complete it where you'd be happy about it at yeah. the finish line I knew that you'd get to the the finish line some way shape or form you, we would get there so I wasn't worried about that per se I just wanted to make sure that it wasn't a suffer fest for the entire 26.2 miles <laughs> it wasn't a suffer fest for the entire 26.2 <laughs> we'll get to that uh, but I, I uh, but I knew that in your, you were already in your own head with how the day should have felt um, prior to that and you you weren't getting those feels so that I, I think that's what was upsetting you and I confessed to Marco too this thing um, I have a hard time and I don't know that it's, I, I assume that it's because of everything that we've been through with is, I have a hard time leaving her knowing that I can't get to her right away if she needs me. Um, and I knew she wasn't going to need me. And I think that those are things, and I'm sharing this because it's part of, part of our story, part of running on optimism it's part of all of it um dealing with a lot of these leftover feelings from mm -hmm. everything that we've been through with her diagnosis uh so that definitely played a role however large or small it was it definitely was there um and a friend of ours was also running when we met up with him in the in our area i feel like it loosened us up a little bit. Like mm -hmm. we, we got to just talk instead of Marco and I going back and forth on like me telling him how I'm feeling. Now we're just like there, yep. ready to go. Um, so that was actually really, really helpful. Yeah. Well, we got to the right corral. So <laughs> yes. You were very worried about your coffee. We... <laughs> yes, I was super worried about my coffee. That was she also was, part she, of She yelled at me because we missed a free coffee stop on the way into we the ferry. Did. And I told her that we could ha there was going to be more than enough free coffee once we got to the corrals. Um, and lucky for me, there was. Yeah. <laughs> he made a beeline to the Dunkin' Donut truck. He's like, like oh, thank God, salvation. Yes. <laughs> we have our coffee. Um, so we could get things started uh, for all these, for all you runners, you know what that means. Um, and, uh, and make sure that we were ready to go uh, and, and be in a good spot for that starting line. So... Uh, I know you were very nervous about that. Yeah, uh, yeah, the coffee. We need the coffee to make sure that, uh, you know, we take, we take care of what yeah. we need to take care of pre-run. And I think... Had our bagels. Yeah, I think that um, that part of what also started setting the mood was hearing the cannons and seeing on the big screen when the, uh, when the pro runners started going and hearing, you know, iconic Frank Sinatra. Mm. Um, it just was incredible and I turned around and there's the Verrazano Bridge. I'm getting emotional just talking yeah. about it because it is an experience in, in and of itself, just the, the vibe and finally starting to feel my place there felt really good. Um, 
And then before we knew it, the rate we're in our corral and the cannon goes off and we're going up the Verrazano. Yep. And uh, we're uh, 0.2 miles into the race and somebody said, all right, just 26 more to go. <laughs> so we went in with the plan of run five, walk three, run five, wash, rinse, repeat till the very, very end, which has been what has been working for me in all the long runs. My longest run was 19 miles, um, just so, to make sure that uh, I wasn't injured going into this. And, you know, it worked. It felt good. That was like five weeks, four weeks. Yeah, I think it was like five weeks before the... The, the, the 19-miler? Yeah, the 19... No, wasn't... it was three weeks. Three and then 19, 13, 10, 8. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we're rocking and rolling, and I realize that I am not really thinking about my strides. I'm not thinking about my form. I'm not thinking about anything because there is just people, and you're crossing the Verrazano Bridge. You see Manhattan from the bridge. Yeah. It is a sight to see. The Statue of Liberty. Oh, my gosh. It's just... It's just amazing, but I'm not like I'm not thinking about any of the things that maybe I should have been thinking about. I'm also we went out pretty hot, but we were sticking yep. to our five threes until mile four. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, I will say that it was a little before mile four because I kept it in my head, and I'm like, no, 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 I'm fine, I'm fine. Yep. This will go away. This will go away. Nope. Mile four, my left ITB, which has been the one that has been troubling me for always man it kicked on in high gear with inflammation and it was painful and I told Marco and you know at that point the five minutes was up it was three minutes of walking and then three minutes of walking is up and time to start running again so we start running I can't really describe the pain I can't I know that for the most part because my name was on my shirt, I was just listening to people cheer my name and say, yeah, Sonia, and I really just wanted to take all of that in. But we're like mile four, mile five, mile six, and I'm in pain. I am in serious pain. And we started, like I alluded to before, we started in the green, and that doesn't merge with the blue um, the blue start until I think mile like six-ish, and then... Um, we, we don't merge with the orange until like mile nine or 10 or eight or nine, something like that. So it, it, green was kind of on its own for a bit and there was less people, um, cheering you on cause it's not the main start. It wasn't, was it mile six? I know at the 5k we hadn't merged yet, right? It, when you were still in pain, you, we, we hadn't, hadded, merged merged yet. Yet. Oh, yeah. wow. okay. yeah, we were still, there's so many people. Yeah. <laughs> It wasn't until, um, yeah, it, it wasn't until after that, it was since like five-ish, um, that I think we merged with the blue and then we merged uh, again with the, the, the orange a few miles down the road. But it, I could tell that you were already in a lot of discomfort. Um, and without the crowds there to kind of help you get through it, it's, it's tough. I mean, there's was, there was a few people there that focused in on the green start, but it wasn't... Uh, yeah. It wasn't the same number as I had anticipated before. So. But Brooklyn was wall to wall. Yeah. 
one of my favorite things was getting into Brooklyn and you, you had your first pee stop at mm-hmm. that point. You had yeah. already, and, uh, you know, the beastie boys are on. Oh man. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Just like the, the energy of the event. So, I mean, all I can really say is that it was 22.2 miles of Sufferfest. Um, there were, you know, I'd have to stop and stretch there were some running intervals where I managed for until like the last 30 seconds. And then the last 30 seconds of that interval was pain and I just kind of went with it. And our friend who we had met earlier, um, who we saw in the, uh, in the, start, the starting village earlier, uh, we were talking about like our little niggles and that sort of thing. And, and I kept thinking about something he said. He's like, well, this is, this is the event. So mm-hmm. you know what? You just finish it. And if it's broken, then it's broken. But at least you you made it this far. And so I kept thinking about that. I kept thinking, you know what? If it's broken, it's broken. And we'll figure it out tomorrow. Right now I need to finish this. And I knew there was not a single second of that pain where I ever thought that I would leave the race without finishing. There, it was it was an injury. It was something. If I had to walk the whole damn thing, I was going to walk it. But I was going to finish this race. I couldn't even imagine Izzy's face if I came back and I hadn't finished. Not not that she would be disappointed by any means, but like yeah. I just I had to do this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like there's not a single moment well, where I wasn't I going to. And again, like I said, I knew you weren't not going to finish this race, right? So it was just a matter of how to get you there. And what's really impressive, and and not to fast forward this, but I mean, all through training, when we were doing these 5-3 intervals, we were averaging consistently throughout all your training runs around 12-minute mile pace, and which would have put us at low 5 hours. It was a little over 5 and maybe 5.15 to finish, which was what we anticipated going into this thing. And even through all this pain and having to adjust these intervals on the fly and feel you out and see how we can get you to that to that finish line to make it so it was bearable and you would feel happy about the end result, we still managed to get there. And I think it was like 12.30 pace, 12.18 pace. 12.24. Mm-hmm. 12.24 pace. And at, in five and a half hours, which is only 15 minutes slower than we originally anticipated with the immense amount of pain that you were going through since mile four, I think that was a huge accomplishment. Well, here's the thing. So um, at the starting village, they were handing out those Dunkin' Donuts hats. And if you know anyone who ran the marathon or if you ran this marathon, you know those Dunkin' Donuts hats were super cute. And they had the, the 50th anniversary uh, logo on them. And the colors are Dunkin' Donuts colors, which are the orange and the pink. And I got the hat, and I was like, oh, man, I hope I can hold on to this hat till mile 16, which is when I'm going to see Iz. And somehow that hat and the idea of giving it to Isabel also carried me through the race. I wore it for a bit, and then I got hot, and then I carried it, and then I got... I was just uncomfortable because I was in pain, so I shoved it in my my shorts. And... um, I remember we we're getting off the off the bridge onto First Ave, and we're flying. And Marco's looking at his watch, and he's like, "You're you're going a little fast. You're going a little hot." And at that point, I was like, "Listen, 
the wheels came off this thing a long time ago. Yeah. And I think that's part of why, why I mean, we were able to go is I just, at that point, it was all out the window. I was going to run, maybe hopefully bank some of it so that later on when, if I had to walk more, I will have banked a little bit of distance. Yeah. We were well off our intervals at that point. So the, the Queensboro Bridge is especially Oof. when it, when it really came off, came off the hinges because that bridge, the downhill on that bridge was significant because the uphill is significant on that bridge. It's a long bridge uh, to get back into Manhattan from Queens. The uphill is, it isn't necessarily steep, but it's long and steady. But that wasn't um, the painful because we ran yeah, up the hill. We yeah. ran up the hill and it was fine, but knowing full well that the descent is actually a lot steeper and it's significant. So um, you were having a lot of trouble mostly on the downhills with regards to your ITB so I knowing that we tried running a little bit of it and it, it started acting up right away we walked the, the second half of that bridge yeah. essentially all the way until we got to flat ground and from there that's when we picked up a, a, a that was our first running interval and you really took off and it coincided with First Ave, which is that wall of sound so as soon as you yeah. get down into Manhattan it's just it's ridiculous it was amazing because it's it's all these cheer, uh, all these spectators that are in Manhattan all really enjoy this part, I think, because they, as soon as they start seeing runners, it's just yeah. a wall of sound that hits you. And we were going to see is maybe four blocks up from there. So uh, we saw her at 67th uh, and 1st, and then we had plans to see them again at Columbus, um, Columbus Drive South. And we, knowing that she was going to be there, had gotten you through some really tough miles around like from tw I mean there was all really tough miles but I think you started getting really low around like yeah. 11 12 13 14 mm -hmm. and then we picked it up it seemed like 15 was was you were doing better cuz I think you knew that it was only a mile away and yeah. and, and like I said it got her through some really really tough miles knowing that she was going to be able, we're going to be able to see Isabel. And well, I used to, I she's going to be able to get rid of that hat. <laughs> yeah, along the way, I was saying, all right, just another five k till I see, till yeah. I see my baby. Another two miles till yeah. I see her. And uh, I saw her and my sister, brother in law, my parents, my niece and nephew, and it was so uplifting. And I put the hat on Is. She was on my my brother in law's shoulders and. And he bent her down, and I was able to put the hat on her. I said, here, this is for you. <laughs> and I put the hat on her and gave her a hug. Uh, it was yeah. – and, and at that point, it also felt good. I'm like, mile 16, yeah. 10 more to go, one more yeah. mile, and we're in single digits, right? Yeah. Um, so we, we went and went, and uh, – at one point, Marco had to. It was right after that. I had to. I I had to stop again and go to the bathroom. So I I was like I had a brilliant idea. I don't know why I did this, uh, but knowing that we were stopping at regular intervals to 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 run ahead, going to the Porta John, and then and, you know told you to keep going because you had just started a strong running interval and mm -hmm. you were doing well. So I I didn't want you to lose that momentum. Um, I think that was the main reason. But um, but yeah, it scared me crapless because. <laughs> <laughs> I I got out of that Porta John and I wasn't sure where to find you. I was because I picked it up significantly uh, when when I came up with this plan. So I didn't know if you were still behind or in front. If you had passed and you're just going strong, I'm like he's fast, but he's not that fast yeah, well, I, to be able to I, run I ahead, go to the bathroom. Well, I didn't know if you started walking, if you were hurt. Mm -hmm. So I just I um, and at this point I I had your phone in my pocket at this point, so you had no direct means of communication with anyone and 
it was a lot of people on First Avenue that were running the race with us at that point. So it was it was not easy to spot you. I ended up thinking, you know what, I've got faith in the fact that she was running strong when I left her. Maybe she's going strong still. So I just started, I, I booked it. Literally, I booked it. I checked my watch later. It was the fastest I had run in, in, in the race. And I think I was, I tried sprinting to try to find you. Um, and all the spectators were like, wow, that guy's... <laughs> I thought that was really funny. But, uh, but, and, and I can laugh about it now, but if I hadn't found you, it would have it would have broken my heart. And I think it would have made for a really different experience. Uh, yeah. But luckily, I, you know, I'd stopped, doubled back a little bit. I'd gone a long ways, or what I felt was like a long way, and I didn't see you. So I started double, doubling back and second-guessing myself. And I was like, no, maybe she went a little further. So I ran more stopped and looked around i couldn't find you and then i looked forward uh, about 100 yards i thought i saw the back because you were you had braided your hair so i thought um i saw your braid kind of flapping <laughs> in, a, in a bright yellow shirt i couldn't read the back of your shirt but i knew it had lettering up there so i just i i locked in on you and i and it was a good 100 yards ahead of me and then I had caught up to you, and it was an immense amount of relief when I found you. I, it was, and, and I told you, I, like that was a stupid idea. I'll never do that. Yeah, <laughs> we're not doing that again for the rest of this race. So the you meant you mentioned the shirts, uh, the shirt, and and the writing on the back. So Marco, when he ran in 2019, he had a custom shirt done. Um, it said Marco Team Lemon on the front, and on the back it said I run for my little girl Izzy, mm-hmm. and uh, so I got. A similar colored like fluorescent yellow shirt and had my friend who has a cricket that I'm very jealous of these machines they seem really cool and you know Christmas is right around the corner hint, hint. but anyway that's besides the point she made me a shirt that said Sonia team lemon and on the back it says my first marathon is for my Izzy and there were so many people along the way. And I mean, these are the things that carried me through this pain because yeah. my my knee by the end of this race was very swollen, like just inflamed pocket of fluid mess. Um, but along the way, there were people who would either walk with us for a little bit or, you know, run past us and, and let us know, you know what, I'm running for Izzy now too. And then you remember what she just did that Friday. And I had to finish this race. I had to finish it. And I am so, like, the whole weekend was amazing. I am so proud of the whole thing, of, of Marco, of me and Marco, of me, of Izzy. I'm really proud of you. And, of course, Isabel, too. I mean, that, that really set the tone, but... Watching you gut it out for those 22 miles after that. I mean, all 26. You gutted it out for all 26, but because you, you ran all 26, but well, 26.2. But <laughs> the, the last 22.2 were really difficult for you, and I knew that. And... I was so frustrated. I was so frustrated. And then I don't know when I decided to let go of the frustration mm-hmm. and just go. And, and it was later on first av that i was really you know aside from the pain now i'm starting to hit the wall yeah even though the nutri- my nutrition was good but you expend that much more energy when you are also dealing with pain so yep. we had a good nutrition plan and i think that if it weren't for the pain it it would have been top notch but i was definitely hitting the wall around mile 19 mm-hmm. 
And I remember thinking at mile 17, I was like, oh man, when we get to mile 19, that will be the farthest I've run. And and after that, you know, it's just so epic. When we, by the time we got to mile 19, Marco said the same thing. And I just had nothing to give as like, yeah, that's great. No, I hadn't, I had nothing to give, (laughs) nothing positive. I'm like, "Uh uh-huh. I think I said, uh-huh, actually. We didn't get positive until we crossed the finish line <laughs> or until we got no, a little closer to the finish line. I think we got positive in Central Park again yeah. and then officially mile yeah. 25 when we saw yeah. my family That's again. True. That's true. But by that point, I think it was mile 19 was when we started walking hand in hand. <laughs> like, it was a lot of pain that my, my knee at times would just kind of give out. It would buckle. Um that started at the at the half marathon yeah. right at yeah. mile 13 yeah so it, it we we had scrapped the plan altogether it was just a matter of let's see how we can we can get you to that finish line as strong as possible at this point and then i was just trying to distract you the entire way so mm-hmm. you know either holding your hand at, through through some of these run intervals and and even while we were walking we were kind of walking we were walking hand yeah, in we, hand yeah we we started we started with walking hand in hand and that yeah. that touch it just was com- comforting and then we'd start running and then finally i decided well let's run hand in hand and that's basically how we finished the race was yeah. well the last 7 miles were that way yeah, yeah. walking and running hand in hand unless i felt like i was getting picking up a little bit of a stride mm-hmm. and uh, you know then i'd let yep. go and and have both my arms to swing and we saw my family at mile 25 and at that point i knew where we were i i knew it and i man I'm like ooh. and then we get back into central park yep and we were just there on friday and i'm picturing my izzy and we were we were just there having an amazing time and i knew where we were and I literally was telling my legs because at that point, screw the pain, we're just going. Yep. But my legs were like, uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so I said, come on, legs, come on, legs, come on, legs, come on, legs, <laughs> through the finish line. It was amazing. And I'm like, immediately after, I'm like, we're doing this again. <laughs> Can you believe it? After yep. all of that, because I know there's room for improvement. I there's room for improvement there's room to do a an uninjured marathon yeah. there's this is just the beginning but my one of my favorite stories that I had completely forgotten about that Marco shared with someone yesterday was at the finish line I he had my phone and I asked him to take a picture of me while the volunteer was putting the medal on me and yeah no and <laughs> So we were taking pictures of everything. Obviously, it was your first marathon. I really wanted you to soak it in. So we were taking pictures of you at the at, after we crossed, and we got to uh, to the play, uh, to the station where they were handing out the medals. So we started taking pictures of, of you going up to get the medal, and then the volunteer putting the medal on you. And we even had her pose while doing it. So it was it, it was great. And she was she 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 was great. And she obviously was was more than willing to to pose and and help you get the, the shots that you were looking for. So we made a big ordeal and she was super proud of you and she was excited and then uh it was we had finished taking the pictures and uh she was ready to move on to the next person to hand her medal to and i was like um do you mind if i get one of those <laughs> uh, i'm pretty sure i ran the, the marathon as well <laughs> swear to god i was there the entire way the whole time <laughs> oh and then you so walking. then she she laughed and then she gave me your medal as well 
put it around my neck. <laughs> um, oh, and those ponchos. <gasps> yeah, I told you they were having on You did. You yeah. did. I was like, because I tried the poncho after Marco ran in 2019. I'm like, this is nice and warm. Yeah. But it's, it's different. It's fleece-lined. It's fleece-lined. Right. And it's different to wear this poncho after you've been running. Yes. And it's chilly out. It was like... And, and they put it on you. So basically, you are swaddled yep. after the New York City Marathon. Yeah. Now they put it... There's a, a hood. Obviously, the poncho goes over your head. And then they it, there's Velcro latches on the outside. So they can actually close it in on you. Yeah. Um, which makes all the difference. Uh, so this thing is just... It feels like a nice warm hug, and uh, from there you get your your uh, recovery bag. I ate all the things, took all the pictures, and we're walking out, and it's just a sea of blue ponchos. And wherever yep. you're walking through New York City, and you're wearing that blue poncho, everybody's turning and saying congratulations. Yeah, it really worked out, and it was it was funny because we knew that from a pacing standpoint i was like even through all this we're actually only like maybe 10 15 minutes behind where we would have been so it was i was really impressed and super proud of the way you finished and the fact that you're a marathoner is, is awesome I'm so happy that you that you were able to, to get that feeling it's all i ever wanted for you yeah and i really appreciate you know marco had said that he would carry me across that finish line if he had to and i said well you know, you can hold me, but I want every single one of those steps to be mine. And, but knowing that you were there for this one, I was scared. I really was. It really helped me believe in myself a little bit more because I did do the work. I think that I just had a hard time believing in myself and believing that I could do it. And, and you believing in me got me there at least mentally. Yeah. I knew you were going to be able to do it. I knew you could. And, you know, since then, I've had every taken every opportunity to wear some <laughs> sort of New York City Marathon swag. I've got the awesome um, 50th anniversary finisher baseball cap yeah. and uh, the jacket, some T-shirts, sweatshirts. I mean, every day is something new, and I just did laundry, so we're on to week <laughs> two of wearing all the things again. And people will say, congratulations, how do you feel? And I immediately say I'm proud of myself. I'm not going to be pretend humble about mm -hmm. this. This is amazing. Mm -hmm. and I'm It's a huge accomplishment. And you, like, like you said before, you, you took every single one of those steps to get you to that finish line. Not many people in this world can say that they've completed a marathon, and you are one of those people. The one percent, right? Yeah. I um, I want to do it again. I just, it'll be different. I know. It'll be a different feeling, and it will be good. But this is something that will always be an incredible memory for me because it was my first, almost made it even more epic that I was injured <laughs> just four miles into it. I'm really, I feel strong. I feel like in some ways, mentally, physically, I can do anything as long as I remember to do it my way. I, it's a lesson and something that I've talked a lot about on this show is doing things your own way and accomplishing these, these goals in your own way and... I feel like I finally really, truly understand that message. 
yeah, so that's that's our race recap. Is there anything you want to add about the race? Is no, not really. No, not really. <laughs> so actually, here's the million dollar question, because we saw people finishing races all in their own ways. So many different people with different abilities. What do you think about your 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 future in running? Do you have any goals that maybe as you get older you might wanna? I would like to I would like to run a marathon. I think seeing all those different runners, someone finished the race in arm crutches, someone finished the race race in a wheelchair, someone a lot of people finish their ra- finish the race in their own ways and I think that was really inspiring for me. I always knew I could do it, but it was just one more boost of confidence, and I think I want to be like that when I grow up. Super proud of you, little bug. I told you, if you ever run a marathon, Mommy and Daddy will be right there running it with you. Yep. And so that's our episode for today. If you like what you hear, contact me. Let me know what you like. Want to hear something different? Also let me know. Want to be on the show? Reach out. I would love to chat with you about all things running. And until next time.